With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here along with the Mark Webber. Dub them easy. And Mark, I didn't say this on the primetime podcast, but I forgot. They're probably gone by now. Mm-hmm. New year, new us. We've got new uh, graphics that pop up. There and you they, go. Uh, they're white and they show our color. So for you and I, they're blue text before mm-hmm. it goes to black text. It's pretty. And it looks a lot better than that black bar that would just come yeah. across the bottom yeah. and go out. Mark's like, whatever, it's a bar. It comes across, it tells you what to do. It's one of those like things happens for five seconds, makes you happy. Nobody else noticed. Nobody <laughs> no. else even realized or cared. But New Year, New Us, the, I think, no, this is our second podcast because mm-hmm. we had last week's. Was it part of the uh, first one we recorded 2019, in 2019? But today we got a jam-packed show talking about coaches getting hired. We're going to talk about... Most, well, some, not most of them. Some we're going to hold over for other ones. But today we're going to be talking about Matt LeFleur. I think that's how you say it, Matt LeFleur. Um, Green Bay Packers hiring him. So we're going to talk about what it means for the Packers and can he bring them back to Super Bowl contention. Then we're going to look at, I'm actually going to change the title um, because originally it was should the Cardinals um, make Cliff Kingsbury the next coach. Well, they did. So we're going to talk about that decision in general. And then we're going to wrap up the show before our picks talking about Dwayne Haskins, his best fits, because he is now declared for the NFL draft. He is going to be the first quarterback off the board. And then we're going to end things making our picks for the divisional round. And I will tease for in that segment, Mark, I'm going to ask you for your reaction about your Bears loss. So we're going to, I'm going to tease it now, but I'm going to ask you, for that when we get to the picks. And Mark's, right. Mark's probably like, whatever, it's the Tuesday after. So yeah, it's I mean, Tuesday. And it's all over by this point. But before we get into our first uh, topic, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. That's how you help support the show. We can't do what we do each and every week without the support from our patrons. But Mark, let's look at the first topic. Matt LaFleur, he mm-hmm. was the OC with... Sean McVay and the Rams, then last year, or this past year, was the OC with the Tennessee Titans under Mike Vrabel. He is now the new head coach of the Green Bay Packers. What are your thoughts? First off, just your thoughts Mm -hmm. on the Packers making LaFleur their head coach, because many thought it was going to be Josh McDaniels. Yeah, and and Josh McDaniels afterwards was essentially like, all right, I'm good. If I'm not getting Green Bay job, I'm staying in, Mm -hmm. uh, in New England. But to me, this is an obvious, we don't want anybody to be in Aaron Rodgers' way. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, so LaFleur was the offensive coordinator in air quotes. Because Sean McVay was the offensive coordinator. Yeah, in L.A. Because Sean McVay was like, hey, you want to hold this clipboard? Uh, And that was about (laughs) it. Um, And and we're joking, but that's why he left. That's Because you're like, why would anybody, Mm -hmm. why would anyone offensive 
leave the LA Rams to go to the Tennessee Titans. Um, sorry, Titans fans, your offense is nothing essentially. Uh, but that's why Matt LaFleur did it. He left because he wanted more control. He wanted more say. And what better place to be than the offensive coordinator where there's a defensive head coach? Mm-hmm. Because he's going to tell you what? Hey, do whatever you want. I don't care as long as we score points. And unfortunately for Matt LaFleur. kind of like Vic Fangio yeah. in uh, Chicago. Hey, Stop them well, from scoring. That's the whole. That's the whole <laughs> NFL's mo right now. McVeigh's doing it with Wade Phillips. Mm-hmm. Nagy does it with Fangio. Um, it's this whole idea of get this young offensive mind and get somebody else to deal with the rest. Uh, and Matt Lafleur goes to the Tennessee Titans, and I'm sure everybody's seen uh, some stat by now. I think it was what 27th ranked offense could have been 28, 29, something around there. Mm-hmm. They're at the bottom of the 20s in their ranked offense for. Uh, the Titans. Now, there's some things that you can say about that. It took a while to get the running game going. Marcus Mariota's been unhealthy, um, and he's on his like fourth or fifth offensive coordinator now. However many years he's been in the league, that's how many offensive coordinators he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a little bit to to learn. But still, you look at this Titans offense, and there was nothing special about it. So to me, this is just a very obvious, we're just going to put you here. We don't really want you to do anything. Uh, we're going to let Aaron do some stuff and you just kind of fix a few things, but mm-hmm. leave Aaron alone, but maybe fix like our offensive line and our wide receivers. Yeah, because I'm looking at it and of course stats don't tell the complete story. Um, but you look at last year to this year points per game for the Titans actually went down by mm-hmm. just almost a point and a half, um, for them and passing yards, because really that's what you're going to look at. With Aaron Rodgers, Tennessee, like you said, 29th in the league this year in pass yards per game, where last year they were 23rd, 199 per game last year to 185, and some of that is some teams put up some more yards than they did last year, but I mean... The thing that I look at is, is this a recipe for them to get back into Super Bowl contention? I don't really know because and the reason why I don't know that is I have not seen Matt LaFleur as the guy. And exactly what I'm going to look at is look at John Filippo this year. Mm-hmm. Where I know it wasn't a head coaching role, but when he was with the Eagles, he was like the next hot guy where yep. it was like the Bears interviewed him, like everyone from mainly everyone from that Eagles staff got interviewed. Mm-hmm. And when he went over to the Vikings, it's like, oh, he's going to be the next like offensive mind that gets hired. And, of course, he got fired this year. So, of course, he wasn't going to get hired. It was a little too early for him, For I think. a head coaching job. And you look at it, and could LaFleur be like Frank Reich? He could be. There's that situation where Reich came over, offensive coordinator, now the head coach, with the Colts, mm-hmm. but that organization is being very well put together by um, their GM Ballard, well, and it's getting pulled apart now. But you think so? Well, yeah, all the all the assistant coaches left. True, I mean, it got pulled apart. You're saying the Eagles got pulled apart? Yeah, I'm talking about the Colts. Yeah, I meant the, the Eagles got being, pulled apart. The Colts yeah. are being put together, and it's mm-hmm. being very nicely done right now. Where, like, Colin Coward today said that he's kind of. With him, it's like you're just mm-hmm. seeing the start 
of a Colts dynasty that could be beginning. Could be. Maybe that's a little bit too soon for it. But for me, I wonder what this hire says, number one, we want somebody who's going to scheme for Aaron Rodgers. Because Matt LaFleur is a guy that's going to do what Matt, what Mike McCarthy didn't. Where basically, I am going to make up schemes, make up plays that's going to put Aaron in the mm-hmm. right situations for success. The second part of this is what new weapons are you going to put around him? Because the weapons that you had this year are not going to be enough. Yeah. You need more. And that's actually one of – I've had a lot of criticisms for the Packers hiring Matt LaFleur. Uh, most revolve around the fact that we haven't seen anything out of him yet, so it is a risk. Mm-hmm. They're really rolling the dice and counting on Aaron Rodgers but to he, pull him through. He's also not going to – in my mind, mm-hmm. he's not going to be a guy that challenges Aaron Rodgers. I don't think so either. And I think it's almost like a Kobe situation. He's a mm-hmm. player coach. Yeah. And just let Aaron do what Aaron wants to do. But the one thing that I think actually does work really well, and maybe this is what the Packers looked at, Mm -hmm. is they looked at Corey Davis and said, Corey Davis was nothing, and Matt LaFleur made him a quality wide receiver. Mm -hmm. A guy who looks like maybe he can become a number one wide receiver like we all expected him Mm -hmm. to when he got drafted. Um, You know... That was a big benefit to this Titans offense, and hopefully the Titans fans out there were hoping it was going to be a continuation for next year because I've been a big fan of Matt LaFleur's when he was uh, with the L.A. Rams saying he's going to be that hot guy. Mm -hmm. Then this year I was like, maybe not because of what we saw at the Titans. Maybe we hold back and maybe it's next year that he becomes that hot commodity. Um, I was expecting one more year with the Titans. I just think that the Packers went on it a little early, but I think that Corey Davis is part of that. They saw what they were able to get out of a guy that a lot of people were writing off as a wide Mm -hmm. receiver. The Packers are saying, we've got shitty wide receivers. Can you make ours better too? Because he's that was what he did best was make Corey Davis a better wide receiver. Well, not just that, but you look at this year, it wasn't just about the passing game. Like, Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry, especially late in the year, yeah. looked like the Derrick Henry that we used to see mm-hmm. playing for the Crimson Tide. And I know that when he was with, I know you could say like, oh, like McVay was the OC for the Rams, but Todd Gurley with the Rams, Derrick Henry with the Col- or with the Titans. And then I go ahead and I look at the Packers, and that's the one thing I look at. And I go, the running backs that are on this team, is Jamal Williams, like, is he going to be expected to now be, like, is this going to be something that benefits Jamal Williams and mm-hmm. he's going to be the guy that steps it up in his third year in the NFL? Or is it going to be something where it's like, hey, I need to get my running back Go get in somebody. Here. I need yeah. to go get a Le'Veon Bell and get him in And here. because Todd Gurley, I mean, I don't think anybody can compare somebody right now yeah. to, to to what Todd Gurley is. I mean, top one or two back in fantasy, yeah. depending on what David Johnson feels like doing. So that's a whole different thing right there. But to me, that's what I see. But this this one and the next one that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. uh, fairly soon just spells what the NFL is right now. It is get a young guy so that way, uh, a young offensive guy, and just make him your head coach. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want your hot offensive coordinator prospect to get Matt LaFleur, essentially, or to get Sean McVeigh. You don't mm-hmm. want one of these guys, uh, you can even throw Matt Nagy in there because he really only had that one year with Kansas City as the yeah. offensive coordinator. Uh, you don't want to have that hot, young, um, 
offensive coordinator that everybody's excited about that makes your team better, and then some other team goes, thanks, we'll take him from here, mm-hmm. and makes him your head coach. You just put him straight in the head coach position, especially if you can make him head coach slash offensive coordinator and say, mm-hmm. hey, we found consistency. Yeah. You know, what's the worst thing for Mariota? He never has the same offensive coordinator. What sucks uh, for every single Chicago quarterback before essentially now what we hope, Mitch Trubisky, they had a million offensive coordinators, a million head coaches. Well, it helps when your head coach is your OC. Well, it just <laughs> helps to have somebody who's going to be mm-hmm. there for a while. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, look at the Cleveland Browns. Nobody can ever succeed because it's a revolving door at mm-hmm. everything until recently. Mm-hmm. Um. This is the Packers, and the Packers are different because they have Aaron Rodgers a little bit. But they had Mike McCarthy, such a well, huge, consistent type of guy, and they're coming in now saying, we're just putting this guy who we like, we're putting him right in there. We don't care if it's mm-hmm. a little bit early. We're going to give him the time that he needs, uh, and we got a quarterback that's going to help pull him a little bit as well, and we don't need to make any changes in a year or two. Well, let me ask you this then, because mm-hmm. what I, I was looking at this today where – the Packers, the last two seasons have been interesting mm-hmm. for Green Bay. Whereas, so 2016 was the last time the Packers made the playoffs. They got to the conference championship. That was the year where they beat the Giants in the wild card, beat the Cowboys by three in the divisional, lost to the Falcons in Atlanta before the Falcons went on to spoil the Super Bowl yep. against the Patriots. We'll get this get it spoiled on themselves. Yes. Um twenty seventeen, Aaron Rodgers is injured. Mm-hmm. They go seven and nine. Twenty eighteen, Aaron Rodgers is healthy, however bad season. Healthy ish. They go six because he got injured week one against yeah. Khalil Mack and the Bears. Um six and nine six nine and one. Mm-hmm. Almost the identical record. Like yeah. they would have beat the Vikings half a game better. Like they would have basically been the same. And I look at it, or half a game worse. Half a game worse. Um, yeah. What I look at is, the question I'm going to ask you is, with Matt LaFleur, is this team a playoff team next year? Because you look mm-hmm. at it, they were 6-9-1. and one. The They were basically, what, two, a two and a half games out of being a yeah. sixth wildcard team. I. I think that with Matt LaFleur doesn't matter to me because mm-hmm. as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, they're always going to be in competition for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. They made it eight years in a row. Uh, there's, I think, what, there's only been two seasons of Aaron Rodgers that they haven't made the playoffs? Well, or three, three. Yeah. Because um, 2017, you'll put an asterisk. Yeah. Um, because they just... Because he wasn't there. He was hurt. But I think this year... And mm-hmm. then essentially his, I think it was his like first year. So, because I want to see when he exactly started as a starter. So he was the full time starter in two thousand and eight. His first year, two thousand and eight, they went six and ten. Ever since mm-hmm. they'd made the playoffs until twenty seventeen. So I don't care who the offensive coordinator or head coach is. Mm-hmm. Make me the head coach. You'll go to the playoffs. You got Aaron Rodgers. You know. And, and that's playing it down a little bit, but I don't think it matters necessarily, and I think that Green Bay knows that. That's why they're willing to take the gamble that works a little bit easier for them than it does for the Arizona Cardinals to say, we'll take the young guy. If he makes some mistakes, that's fine. He's got things we like, and we're going to let that grow a little bit, um, and we're going to work with that. Now, for me, 
I do think they potentially are a playoff team because I don't think this team is that far away from being able to make the playoffs. Um, because really, they weren't that far away from what two and a half games is what it was. So they weren't that far I from mean, being there. Let's be honest. Like I'm looking at it right here. The Viking one for sure, because um, that was the twenty nine twenty nine tie. Mm-hmm. You get won a, it. You get a kick bounce the yep. other way. You're winning that game. The Rams, 29-27, ball bounces the other way. You get a win there. Mm-hmm. And then at Seattle, 27-24, ball bounces another way. Boom, there's three. There's your two and a half wins to put yep. you at nine and seven. And the Eagles, did they play the Eagles this year? They did not play the Eagles, so they wouldn't have yeah. the head-to-head tie. But those are three games, and the Arizona one was a three-point game too. So that could be a potential yeah. three-and-a-half game swing. Exactly. I mean— the Packers are always going to be there. To me, when I look at Matt LaFleur, it's just the why Matt LaFleur over anybody else. Mm-hmm. To me, I look at him and say, yes, I think that there's potential there. And everybody thought there was potential. Is it what I said, though? Is it because they didn't want somebody? Were they afraid to mm-hmm. go for like a Josh McDaniels because they were so afraid of what happened this year with McCarthy and Rogers butting heads? It could be for sure. I mean, and I, and I don't necessarily disagree that this is a. And that was one of the first things I said is, this is a like let Aaron be Aaron and you do other stuff. Like what we make fun of LeBron for in the NFL, yeah, or, or in the NBA of and basically like, oh, he's the coach and you're coach. a lame duck coach. Yeah, basically whoever's their head coach. Um, you know, it's just to me, I sit there and I say, there's nothing about Matt Lafleur that stands out to me that says, yes, mm-hmm. this is the guy you should go for. Other than the fact that they there's something they like and they just kind of want Aaron to run the show, and Lafleur is going to compliment some other things. Um, I don't think he hurts anything. It's definitely a uh, a gamble. You know they're rolling the dice here and hoping it works out for him. It just it's a little bit easier for things to work out when you've got Aaron Rodgers. The problem is Aaron Rodgers this past year was not. What we've seen Aaron Rodgers do in the past, mm-hmm. so Aaron Rodgers needs to get himself kind of rejuvenated. Um, but you know, scheming out is going to help with that. Better wide receivers is going to help with that. Better offensive line is going to help. So off season is going to help the Packers, I'm sure. And you know what I find absolutely funny? Um, one of the things from uh, Stephen A. Smith show today. Mm-hmm. You know what was one of the discussions? His radio he had? show or the his uh... radio show, not first take. So the Stephen A. The Stephen A. Smith show. Mm-hmm. He literally had a discussion where it's called Stephen A. Wonders if Aaron Rodgers will ignore Matt Lafleur. He probably will. Where it's basically like a Hey, I'm older than you. I know what I'm talking. Like I know what I'm talking about because Matt Lafleur, I think, is is he younger than Aaron Rodgers? We'll look Doubt at the it. Age really quick. It's probably what forty. He is 39, so he's okay. four years older than Aaron Rodgers, almost his equal. Yeah. He would have been a senior when Aaron would have been a freshman in high school. Exactly. So, I mean, you're closer to being equals than one over the other. Yeah. And and that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What I think most is just that they're coming into this, and you have to know Aaron Rodgers is the star of the show. Mm-hmm. You get along with Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers wants to audible— Aaron Rodgers audibles. If he wants to throw every single down, Aaron Rodgers throws every single down. And hey, maybe maybe Lafleur gives him that kind of. Uh, I don't. I don't. I wanted to Just say take creativity. the leash off. Basically, yeah, yeah. Of like, hey, Do I'm going to let you, you run the show out there. Of like, if you see a different play, 
I trust you out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not yeah. some Joe Blow that we got that I can't trust, that I need to wear with kid gloves. I'm going to trust you. If you see something and you call an audible, I'm not going to take offense. Do whatever you want run to my do. play. Um, but that is going to be the thing is you got to set him up for success. And I just – the first thing I wonder is I look at the running backs. I look at the receivers. Is this enough – to compete, or do you need to bolster that a little bit? Because Devonte Adams, Randall Cobb—that's about mm-hmm. it. Receiving well, they definitely wise. need more in the off season, but mm-hmm. and I mean, they got two young guys that I like: Equiminius St. Brown. I do like. I think he can develop into something. Alan Lazar, another kid that I really like, as he starts to get some more reps under him. I wonder what he develops into. But I just look at this offense and I go, I wouldn't be surprised if with their first pick. If a guy like Hollywood Brown is there or a guy like um, Nikhil Harry is available, if they go and take that with their first um, first round pick in order to bolster that offensive side of the ball so that Aaron Rodgers has something to work with. Any final thoughts on this before we move into a, to me, the more interesting um, head coaching hire of the day? Any final thoughts? Not necessarily. I mean, I just think that they they did something earlier than most teams probably mm-hmm. would have. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. The one thing I'll say is interesting is uh, Josh McDaniels uh, didn't do what he usually did. Usually he accepts a head coaching job and then backs out of it um, and comes back to Bill Belichick. But he didn't do that. Or maybe the Packers were listening to Mark from last week and said, I would not hire Josh Black McDaniels. Because that's what he will do. But let us know what you guys think down below about Matt LaFleur getting the head coaching job for the Packers. Will they be back in Super Bowl contention? Are they going to be back in the playoffs next year? What else do they need to do? Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. And Mark, before we get into our next topic, just got to say, if you're listening on podcast services around the world, even if you're listening on YouTube, make sure to go and rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It would really mean the world to us. I hope we're giving you that five-star treatment that we shoot for each and every week. So please go ahead and do that. But what we're going to look at next is we're moving from the Packers to another team that made a head coaching move. And I'll be completely honest. I Mm -hmm. was going to talk, like, I had this lined up as a topic, like, should they do it? And by the time we recorded tonight, which is Tuesday, they already went ahead and did it. Cliff Kingsbury is the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Here's a little bit of his timeline. So he's been with the Texas Tech Red Raiders since 2013, went 35 and 40 as their head coach, got fired after this year where he went 5 and 7, 3 and 6 in the Big 12. Then he signed a contract and was contractually obligated to be the offensive coordinator of USC. Originally, the Trojans were blocking him from interviewing for head coaching jobs, but then let him interview for this one. He interviewed early Tuesday for the Cardinals, got the job immediately. And there were, I know, like Colin Cowherd said, that he had two sources tell him before the interview that it was basically going to be a done deal that he was going to be signed at some point very soon mm-hmm. by the Cardinals. The basic question I just want to ask you and just be frank with it is, yeah. did the Cardinals make a mistake by hiring Cliff Kingsbury? Like, is that what they're doing here? So I there's 
two things I got to say by it. Mm -hmm. And my real answer is yes, because I think he's out of here in like two years. One Uh, year. Look at Steve Wilkes. Yeah, I think they'll give him more than Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes to me was a... We don't really know what to do. Like, fuck, we hired the wrong guy. This guy. No, Mm -hmm. I think they just picked whoever was available. Yeah. Um, And so that's why I say, yeah, it's a mistake. The only reason I'm saying a little bit of a no is because, let's be real, Arizona is the one of the least desirable places to go Mm -hmm. out of all the options that are there. Except for location. Mm, I wouldn't want to be in that Arizona heat. I, I mean, it's in Scottsdale. Like it's like Jay Glazer. I mm-hmm. heard him say today. He goes. He's like, I would take. The, he's like, I love it in Scottsdale. He's like, beautiful weather. You don't have to it's worry about shit. anything. No, uh, <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Location doesn't matter. Um, there are better locations mm-hmm. for sure. But just talent wise, the fact that they just fired a coach after one year, mm-hmm. they haven't had that much success. It's an aging roster. It is not a desirable place to go. Mm-hmm. So for the reason I'm saying that it's not the biggest mistake in the world is because if you're ever going to take the gamble, now's the time to do it. Mm-hmm. If you're ever going to do this. Like you've hit rock bottom. Essentially, I mean, it's not necessarily that you're at rock bottom because there are some pieces there. You're not completely devoid of talent, but there's not a ton of talent on this team. So if you're going to gamble, now's the time to do it. The unfortunate thing is I see a lot of people using that to justify and convince themselves that this was a good move. Mm -hmm. Even saying that this is the best time to gamble with a incredibly risky hire still doesn't make it a good decision. Mm -hmm. People are going out there and being like, this is a great decision. Let's go gamble on it. Why not? And you still can't ignore the fact that he's got a losing record. Yes, I know other coaches have had losing records too, but he had a losing record in college football which is a very hard thing to translate into the NFL. Just ask Pete Carroll, who tried it twice, failed twice, mm-hmm. came back and finally got it put together. Well, uh, came back to avoid sanctions and finally got it Yeah, right. pretty much. Uh, and then ask all the other college head coaches that get fired right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, y- you look at what he does and people are like, he's going to do aw- awesome offensively, just pair him with a defensive coordinator. 550 is the average amount of yards per game, 42 points per game. That doesn't happen in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who are like, well, the air raid, I mean, enough teams are close enough to an air raid offense anyways. And no, that's not the case, really. Mm-hmm. You have these amazing NFL defenses. There's only He's never one... seen a defense before in the... college well, in the Big yeah, 12. It's Big 12. Um, there's only one team I would say is the closest to an air raid in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, like they're the closest. But and and like, part of the reason too is because they lost their star running back this year. Like I saw an article um, recently today. Well, obviously it was today. That is basically like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is a reason why Cliff Kingsbury is a good hire. How? Like what? Because Patrick Mahomes had such a great season, mm-hmm. we're saying that Cliff Kingsbury is the reason why. What like, college was Mahomes at? He was at Texas Tech. Yeah, that's what I thought. With Cl- Kingsbury. Yeah. So I, I think the reason they're the saying first, is that he developed Mahomes. Mahomes but, wouldn't be Mahomes. But if it the wasn't thing for Cliff, that I look at uh, is Kingsbury. Mahomes' first year as starter, they went seven and six overall. 
Mm-hmm. The next year, five and seven. So it's like your record got worse in college. I don't with Mahomes. I think that argument is not the record. That mm-hmm. argument is just simply he the, developed Mahomes and yeah. made Mahomes what he is, and why the Chiefs fell in love with. And him. And then a lot of people put the because he, he overlaps with Baker Mayfield too. Although it's funny when people say that because weren't we just like giving a lot of credit to Baker Mayfield and how nobody at Texas Tech wanted him, uh, so he had to leave mm-hmm. and go to Oklahoma. Uh, but I. I just think that people are grasping at straws to say this is a good move when this move comes down to a few things. The Arizona Cardinals knew that people weren't going to be that excited to go there, so they made the splash. They are kind of getting taken advantage of by this uh, this hire. This is a guy who got fired for being a losing coach, mm-hmm. um, the first losing coach in Texas Tech and like, the last four or five coaches, uh, then goes to USC as an offense coordinator, gets his shot to kind of upgrade into the NFL and just runs and goes for it. And I don't blame him for that. I do not blame him for taking the job. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it feels very much like the this is the very attractive guy who doesn't really want to date the ugly person here, but they've got good money. So I'm gonna go for it. There's one reason why this, why this was two. Well, two reasons why it was made. The first one, like you automatically said, it is the least sexiest mm-hmm. of the job, or one of the least sexiest. Like I would you just say, say least sexy, sexiest is what I meant. So I would say probably the only other job that would be available. That I would put below. There's two jobs that I would put below Arizona. Mm-hmm. The first one is Denver because of John Elway. I would I would not want to go there. It's a fair argument because you got to have the right guy. That's why, like for Denver, how right mm-hmm. now the last thing I heard it's between Fangio and Munchuk. Yeah, I think that is a perfect job for Vic Fangio because he can stand up to John mm-hmm. Elway and not be intimidated by. The aura of John Elway, mm-hmm. the shadow of John Elway I that think you have. The fact that this, like it, mm-hmm. those are the two people they're deciding against. I think is another reason of why John Elway shouldn't be a GM. Yeah, and then Tampa Bay because they were dysfunctional this year. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston should not be their quarterback long term. Like this should be his yeah. last year as their quarterback. That is not a situation I would want to go into. And I agree that Tampa Bay is probably the worst Mm -hmm. of the options, but it was good enough for Bruce Arians. So, (sighs) and that, but did you hear? So apparently it wasn't that bad. And of course, we're going to talk about Bruce Arians after our mock draft. So in two weeks, when we Mm -hmm. hit the other ones, that hopefully jobs come in. Did you hear the funny thing about Bruce Arians' interview? Mm, So nope, they did the interview. Mm -hmm. Then they took him to the hospital. To do a physical and interviewed his doctor before they would give before they gave him the job. I don't have a problem with and that. And like Jay Glazer on the herd today was like, mm-hmm. he's like, I've never heard that before. Where a coach had to go after right after the interview with the like GM and such yeah. to go take a physical so they could talk to the doctor of um It's the a big investment. Candidate. I'm all right with it. So it, it was just unusual. You never mm-hmm. see it. Um the one thing this makes sense though is because Josh Rosen needs a needs a coach that he can work and with. And Josh Rosen's going to get a big and benefit with it doesn't matter what we feel about his success. Mm-hmm. Josh Rosen will 
be a successful young quarterback with Cliff Kingsbury. And the reason why I say it, the Baker Mayfield one, I kind of go, eh, because Baker only played one year at Texas Tech before transferring to Oklahoma, and really we know him for what he did with Lincoln Riley. Mm -hmm. But here are some of the quarterbacks that either as a quarterback coach, an assistant, um, an OC— these are the coach, uh, the quarterbacks he got to work with mm-hmm. through his college career. Case Keenum, who's in the NFL still, like and had a good year. Might with not the Vikings. be for very long, but Case Keenum is not like hot garbage. I would say he's a competent starter. He is okay. He's okay. not great. He is okay. He had a really good year with the Vikings that catapulted him. Johnny Manziel, which. The only reason in my mind he's out of the league is because of all the demons that were around him with his addiction problem. If he didn't have his addiction problem, he might have been able to do something in the NFL. But in college, I don't think he would have. Was but that's really okay. good. Davis Webb, who probably isn't panning out right now, he was with the Giants. Now he's with the Jets. Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield; those mm-hmm. were the quarterbacks that he had worked with. And I think the the main reason they made this job his is that he can work with Josh Rosen and Josh Rosen needs somebody to work with because like I mentioned on the primetime podcast today to Brandon when Brandon was bashing Josh Rosen said that Josh Rosen looked like hot garbage this year that the Cardinals should think about getting a replacement for Josh Rosen Josh Rosen wasn't set up for success this year. You could tell Steve Wilkes and his staff, A, didn't know what to do with Josh Rosen. B, they didn't have the personnel. Like, it wasn't all Steve Wilkes' fault because I've played with the Cardinals in Madden, and it's impossible to do anything with that offensive line. Of course, um, Madden's the deciding so factor. It's not all his fault. They don't have an offensive line there. No, as I mean, well. he was set up to fail. We said that on mm-hmm. on the podcast when, when he got, he hired, got hired that it wasn't going to work. And I, I believe I'd have to go back and listen. Mm-hmm. I believe when he got hired, I foresaw that said he's going to get shut it. I think I did. Mm-hmm. It might have been later in the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if I said it when he got hired. But C- Cliff was made the coach. Because they needed to bring in somebody who could work with Josh Rosen. Because the thing that I told Brandon on the Primetime Podcast is, what was the one thing we kept saying about Josh Rosen last year when we were talking about the He was the most NFL ready. The most NFL ready. And he's looked possibly like Lamar's looked better than him. Baker's looked better than him. For the most part, I would say Darnold looked better than him. And even Josh Allen. I don't know if I would go that far. Well, Josh S- Allen, I'll give you. Darnold Sam, and- Sam Darnold later in the year had injuries, but earlier on, I would say because of his play earlier on, mm-hmm. had a better overall season than Josh Rosen this year. Yeah, like, and Josh Rosen had the worst season out and of I'm all actually, the rookies. I was actually surprised that Josh Rosen even got to start because I, even though I knew, you know, you knew Sam Bradford would get hurt. Someday. But they had the ginger giraffe, too. but uh, they did. They had people in front of them. Um, so it was surprising, but. It's it's totally the Josh Rosen thing, but the other thing, same thing we said about the Packers and Matt Lafleur, it's you don't want to hire Cliff Kingsbury and say you be our offensive coordinator because mm-hmm. if it works, he's gone. Yeah, and Help it's pretty somebody else. pretty obvious by the way he just treated USC to say uh, thanks for saving my ass, but peace. What do you think about that? Him, I don't blame him. Him getting mm-hmm. hired. 
he's under contract, yeah. and then what? Two weeks later, leaves. For I an don't NFL blame job? him because who wouldn't leave for an NFL head coaching job? Mm-hmm. Is what it comes down to. If it was like an NFL offensive coordinator, I still probably wouldn't blame him. But I would be like, all right, uh, maybe you shouldn't have done that. But I almost sneezed on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, the thing that I think about with that is mm-hmm. he does show that he cares a little bit about himself, which I don't necessarily uh, – I'm not necessarily that entirely surprised by it, uh, but he cares a lot about himself, and that's one of the th- reasons why I don't think you could have made him an offensive coordinator because mm-hmm. he would have gone and become a head coach somewhere if he had the opportunity. The first chance he got, he would have went for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an interesting thing. But to me, just like Matt LaFleur and the Packers, this was a, we don't want him to leave. We're going to gamble that this is our guy, and we're going to just make him the head coach. Mm-hmm. Because if we if we do have success and he's an offensive coordinator, he's gone. So we have to just do it. And that's really what's happening with the NFL. Quarterbacks are so important, especially young quarterbacks and their development, that Josh Rosen can't go through a third offensive coordinator next year. You know, not this season coming up, but the following season, 2020. He can't be going through his third offensive coordinator by then. Actually, I think that'd be his fourth because mm-hmm. he's already on his third offensive coordinator. Um, he can't do that. You can't do that because you're going to ruin a just, high draft pick. That's one. Re- that's another reason why they go for this. They have to make a splash. They have to just give him the keys to the castle mm-hmm. already and hope that it works out okay. I just I look at it and I mean this was the job when you and I mm-hmm. looked at the Black Monday coaches. We said that this was the job that was perfect for Adam Gase. And I look at it and I go like the Cardinals interviewed Adam Gase. Like mm-hmm. there's a report from New Year's Day that the Cardinals that Adam Schefter said that Gase would interview with the Cardinals that Wednesday. My question is, what made them? What made you think in your head, you being the GM of the Cardinals, what made you think that Cliff Kingsbury would be a better option for Josh Rosen and for your NFL team yeah. than Adam Gase, who has I at mean, least been in the NFL? To me, it's obvious. It's 550 yards per game, 42 points per game. They saw those two numbers and said, yes, we want that. They they saw that and thought even success. though the college game they, is different. Than, yes, a hundred percent. They looked at Mahomes and saw what he was able to do in a much mm-hmm. better team uh, with a much better coaching staff and said we want that. Mm-hmm. They look at this and say, well, what does Cliff Kingsbury suck at defense? We'll get him a defensive coordinator. You know what does he suck at recruiting, especially defense? He doesn't. Mm-hmm. I would say he sucks at recruiting. He sucks at recruiting defense. Uh, well, doesn't have to recruit anymore. We got a GM who. Pays people. Mm-hmm. People come here because they want money. Well, pays people or drafts them. Yeah. Either or. And the head coach doesn't need to be a part of the draft in any way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. They've got scouts and they got a GM. That's what they do. So they, they took the things. I will say that. They're taking away the thing. Not necessarily they, but the things mm-hmm. he is worst at are things he's going to have nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. So they're getting most of the good stuff out of him. It's I wonder just still who they're going to gamble. I wonder who they're going to bring in to be the DC because, like, a guy like Todd Bowles. I think that's Buccaneers. Yeah, he's going to yeah. be with Bruce Arians. So I mean, or the rumor is that he'll be mm-hmm. with Bruce Arians. So like me, I'm thinking about the defensive guys that were on the market. Like, 
I don't think there's the guys around the market that were going to make lateral moves like a Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm. He doesn't come along because Vic Fangio will be like, why make the lateral move to go with the Cardinals? Well, I'll just stay in Chicago. Bad defense. If I, don't get I have one. a great defense. Exactly. Where there's no, in my mind, mm-hmm. Bowles was it unless there's one that I'm not thinking of where well, it was like defensive guy this who, is, who got fired. This basically. is the phone call that I'm going to try desperately to make, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'll beg and plead, and I'll take my shoes off if I have to. Uh, I'm going to call Rex Ryan and say, Ooh. you want to come be a defensive coordinator? Are you a little bored in the booth? Uh, I don't know. He he looks like he's having a great time. He had fun ripping into Cody Parkey. Yeah. Well, he's a big <laughs> Bears fan all of a sudden. I mean, who would have guessed that the uh, son of Buddy Ryan's a Bears fan? No, no. Uh, right. But he loves the Bears, and, and you know what? It made for as much as I made fun of Rex Ryan for a long time. It makes me kind of like Rex Ryan a little bit nowadays. Did you see the the segment on Get Up? A little bit of it. Where they asked him if he feels sorry, and he was basically like, no, his one (laughs) job. The way he was talking (laughs) was like an NFL coach who hates kickers. Because he's like, they Mm -hmm. don't do anything. They're just there to kick a ball. They don't do anything all year. Kick the ball. Make the field goal. That's your job. And I was like... Whoa, Rex. Rex Ryan had a job, a too. Bit, a little bit of sympathy Win for Win some guy. games. He got fired, too. So I think it's a little bit of bitterness mm-hmm. on the part of Rex Ryan. Um, but anyways, uh, and that's coming from somebody who, you know, the next day fired up Madden and cut Cody Parkey. Uh, <laughs> I ended up with Steven Guskowski. I think I'm doing pretty all right. Uh, but anyways, you know, it's just, to me, the, the Kingsbury hire is them saying, we sure hope this is the next hot, you know, McVeigh, the next Peterson, the next Nagy. Mm-hmm. We really want to get one of those. Let's just hope that this is it. I just, with me personally, I don't think it's going to work out. I just, I, with me, there's like, I'm looking at it 75%. It doesn't work out. 25 mm-hmm. it does. We're like in two, three years. We're looking at it where I don't, I think if it doesn't work out, it's not going to be the Cardinals fire him. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a hey. I'm gonna go back to college. Like I, yeah. I'm. I'm Maybe not he liking runs before it here. The, before I'm, he sees it, I'm just gonna resign and go back to college. Like, I there's do a college wonder. Calling my name. The one thing I'll give him credit for in this case is Texas Tech did have a very bad defense. Mm-hmm. So does having a better defense in the NFL, and we hope it's gonna keep getting better mm-hmm. for Cardinals fans. Just having that. And not constantly being forced to be in a shootout. Mm-hmm. Does that allow him to use his run game more mm-hmm. and become a little bit more balanced? Uh, because you got David Johnson, you probably want to use him. Mm-hmm. It'll make you better. And I don't. There's not going to be success in the NFL. You know, Mahomes is one thing right now, but this is one year, and I don't know if throwing it 50, 60 times in a game really works out for the majority of a career. Um, eventually, you got to calm it down a little bit. Or if you're throwing it 50 times, how many of those throws are going to be dump-off pass? Where it's like, hey, technically it's an attempt, but like yeah. it was like a Patrick Mahomes, wait, what was that a pass or a shovel? Well, the or ball what? is literally only not in somebody's hands for about two inches. Exactly. And then Tyreek Hill has it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's tons of that. Um, and they got Christian Kirk, who I know he's coming off of – a, I think it's a leg injury. I mm-hmm. think he broke his leg late in the year. But, like, he's a guy that I could see working out well with stuff like yeah. that on, like, wide this receivers. Is, wide this receiver is definitely screens. a better place to be mm-hmm. for, for Kingsbury, but I don't know. Uh, I'm not sold on it in any way, shape, or form. 
Uh, it's much bigger gamble than the Matt LaFleur gamble. <laughs> the best tweet I saw was a joke of like, yeah, Kingsbury is going to go to the NFL. He'll be with the Cardinals. And then when uh, Clay Helton gets fired from USC, he'll be back as the head coach. There you go. That's the whole reason he didn't want to go was he wanted to be the head coach, not the OC. And that is one extra thing, though. The fact, and this came back to a thing mm-hmm. you were asking before about USC and how I felt about that. Mm-hmm. The fact that USC was blocking him from even interviewing, I don't blame USC for that, that but I don't blame him for being mad about it either. That tells me that they knew he was going to get hired by somebody. They knew he was going to get hired, and they didn't trust him either. Mm-hmm. They didn't trust him to even interview. But we'll see what happens. And, I mean, the one thing I will say is, like, Colin Cowherd came out and tweeted – that he hated that he did that. But I was like, oh, Colin, you're uh, you're all one for, like, when Kevin Durant moved, you're all for mobility. But in this, you're magically Cowherd's not for mobility. Cowherd's all for whatever's going to get him clicks at the moment. Mm-hmm. I just saw it, and I was like, really? Like, come on, man. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. What do you think of the hire? What do you don't? What do you think of the hire? Is it good? Is it bad? What? Look into your crystal ball. Tell us. Is it going to work out for the Cardinals? Is it going to work out for Cliff Kingsbury? Let us know in that comment section down below. And, Mark, before we get into our last topic, going to throw out the last bit of little um, thing I throw out at the beginning of each segment. Check out mostvaluablepodcast.com for everything MVP-related, mostvaluablepodcast.com. And, Mark, let's look at our last segment, diving into the NFL draft. And the reason why I put this one last was because – with how things should be scheduled yesterday, the primetime podcast should have had a segment of will Dwayne Haskins go number one in the NFL draft? And we're not going to necessarily hit the trade of the Cardinals. We're going to save that for our mock draft next week. But with that being a possibility, with teams being able to maybe trade up to number one to take Dwayne Haskins, with him being the number one quarterback on the board for mm-hmm. mostly everybody in this draft class. We're going to look at some teams that we think are the best fits for Dwayne Haskins. So I'm going to let you start. What is one team that you're thinking about would be an absolute fit for Dwayne Haskins if they went ahead and drafted him this year? For me, I look at the team that I think would be the best fit, um, and that's actually going to be the New York Giants. Which is great because if nobody trades, they're the first team that gets a shot at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I say that really is because Saquon Barkley's there. You've got a amazing running back who's going to make your life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dwayne Haskins, he's a, he's the kind of guy who likes to move around a little bit too, so that makes it easier for him to do so. You've got a little Odell Beckham Jr. out there. Not a bad wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a lot of talent offensively to help you out. And the defense isn't bad. The defense is going to be just fine. This is a team that... You know, unfortunately, they started winning some games because that pushed them <laughs> back into in the draft order. Uh, but the team you see at the end of the season for the football giants is a better team than this five and eleven record makes it seem like they are. Dwayne Haskins would be an easy plug and play, but if you don't want to plug and play him, he's got Eli Manning, who has years mm-hmm. and two Super Bowls of experience. Uh, not a bad guy to learn behind for a little bit. And that's the thing that I want to mention is, so I was watching First Things First today on mm-hmm. FS1, and they had Joel Klett on. He was talking about the national championship game in college. And they asked him about Dwayne Haskins and what kind of team does he fit with. And 
Joel Klatt said that for him, he thinks Dwayne Haskins fits with a team that has somebody that he can sit behind. And for me, personally, Mm -hmm. I'm going to dive into the film before I give my opinion on that, um, whether he should sit behind someone or if he's ready to come out right away. But I will say this, the two teams that probably need a quarterback day one, the Redskins and the Jaguars, they're not fits in my mind for Dwayne Haskins because the Redskins are a team where they really don't have, to me, the weapons around Dwayne Haskins to make it successful. Like The reason why, for me, the Redskins won games this year Mm -hmm. is because before he got injured, Alex Smith was doing everything he could to win those games. The Jaguars, they're they're going to be a team that's going to be expected to compete, and the pressure is going to be on. They need a Joe Flacco. They need a Nick Foles, a veteran think, guy to come in. I still think Dwayne Haskins would do just fine in Jacksonville. You think so? He's got Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. They need better wide receivers. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. Um, but they've got an amazing defense mm-hmm. that's going to bail them out if he makes rookie mistakes. Yeah, and I mean, I just wonder if that's a team that – with me, because of the pressure that's going to be there, how would a rookie handle that pressure? But at the same time, mm-hmm. we've seen Baker Mayfield and yeah. Lamar and Jackson. The Jaguars did it. just go five and eleven. I think the mm-hmm. pressure uh, has gone down a little bit. But for me, the one team I'm going to throw out there, and this depends on who they hire, because they still haven't hired a head coach. I'm going to say the Denver Broncos, and the reason why I am going to say the Denver Broncos is because, A, I like the pieces that they've started to build in Denver. A guy that you said on our podcast last week would have been your offensive rookie of the year this year in Philip Lindsay. Love that kid. They also have Royce Freeman, so two young running backs. You've got Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton, your two main wide receivers that you're hoping for the future that you can go ahead and, and build on. You've got to, I'm going to throw out, I believe he's a former fighting Illini, and he is Matt Lacoste at tight end that didn't do terrible for them this year. And you look at it, and he doesn't have to start year one for Mm -hmm. Denver. Case Keenum is there for another year. So he could sit a year, get acclimated to the NFL, fix what he needs to fix, and Uh then start in 2020. Do you... My only caveat mm-hmm. was that is let's say they hire a Vic Fangio. My question then becomes who's going to be the OC? That would yeah. be the thing I look at and why it won't be the perfect fit, but I don't think it would be a bad fit for him in Denver. Do you actually believe, though, that next year, if you have a Dwayne Haskins, that Case Keenum will actually start all 16 games? Yes, I, I do. don't. Not in the slightest. I mean, maybe. Okay. If it with me. Unless, like, and of course things can change throughout the season, what I would say is if he does start, it's a Patrick Mahomes situation of like, all right, you'll play week 17. No, not because there's a difference between Alex Smith as a quarterback than Case Keenum, mm-hmm. a guy who quarterback rating of 47.981 for, uh, I'm sorry, 81.2 for his quarterback rating. His QBR was a 47. Uh, through almost as many interceptions as touchdowns. But put him with the right OC and look at the year before. I know that like we're looking at that Viking year as like flash in a bottle, yeah. but you put him in the right situation and he's not I don't think terrible. you're going to get the right situation 
in, uh, in, De- well, in Denver, though. Denver hasn't proved that they can make anything work with a quarterback. I, if we had the same season as last year, they mm-hmm. won their first two games and went on a four-game losing streak, Dwayne Haskins is in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to let that happen, especially when you draft him that early. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have the added pressure for uh, John Elway of Paxton Lynch. Never oh, even had a is, chance. Paxton's done. Like, but I know that's not my point. My yeah. point is you drafted a guy early mm-hmm. in the first round, and he never plays. Mm-hmm. You can't then dwa- uh, draft Dwayne Haskins and say, but Case Keenum is our starter. People, The people would riot. I, I think that you could— like, if there's Not if a, you start losing games. If there's a, re- like a legit reason— you can have it be one year. The thing with Paxton Lynch mm-hmm. was after that first year, it was like, all right, is he ever going to be ready to take over? Is he ever going to? Because every time it's like we would get a glimpse, it's like, wow, he's not ready for this. Yeah. And I don't think you would get that with Dwayne Haskins. I, I don't think I Dwayne agree that Haskins. You probably shouldn't get that with him. Mm-hmm. I just think that Case Keenum is not Peyton Manning. Yeah. You know, he's not a guy Which, who's going to make you say, there's no way we could possibly let the mm-hmm. rookie start. Not when you start losing games. If you're a six and ten team again, Dwayne Haskins Which was playing. I could say is a fair like a fair mm-hmm. point, but I would hope that maybe like if they hire Vic Fangio, Fangio brings in an OC that's gonna bring the best out of Case Keenum, unless he's drafting. I don't know. All these all these offensive coordinators getting head coaching jobs. Unless so. he's drafting, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins to be mm-hmm. the guy right away. But like for me, because the thing is, there's only like there's two teams for me. The Giants are probably the best one. Um, the question is, is he going to get to six? Is that the problem? Are they going to have to trade up to get him? Another team that I think could be interesting if we're going with the whole sit behind him theme, Miami. Because that's one where Ryan Tannehill with a new coach coming in mm-hmm. is Ryan Tannehill, if they take Dwayne Haskins this year, will he then be the guy where it's like, all right, we've got our guy in waiting. Once Dwayne Haskins is ready this year or next year, Tannehill is done. It's possible. Uh, but that's another one where, depending on that, new coach in Miami, mm-hmm. it's a big question mark on if they want Tannehill to really be there or not. Plus, Tannehill can't be healthy. Mm-hmm. So Dwayne Haskins is going to get in there sooner rather than later. I don't think that – I think the Miami Dolphins would be a bad fit if you want him to sit because you know he's not going to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the team, you know, the dream team for potentially sitting and then coming back and actually starting soon, the Saints don't have a first-round pick. And even if they did, it'd be like 30, 31, or 32. So you're not going to have that possibility yeah, right either. Right now they're projected at 32 because they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, so good job Packers. You'd get the 32nd overall <laughs> pick, and you didn't even make the playoffs. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, that's another team there with the Packers too. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a good sit situation, but he'd probably be sitting for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a spot where you'll get to sit and learn, that's for sure. What about Tampa Bay? That's one that I threw out to Brandon on the PTP. Mm-hmm. Brandon wasn't for it because he thinks that Arians likes Jameis Winston and that Winston will be there longer than next year. Well, I think that there's an assumption that Arians went to Tampa Bay for a reason, mm-hmm. and he knows who the quarterback is there. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be a guy who assumes he's going to get something out of Jameis Winston. So I agree with Brandon on that case that I think that 
Bruce Arians going to Tampa Bay is proof that he thinks he can work with Winston. Mm -hmm. But even if he, let's say he didn't and he drafted him, that's just a big mess. You know, to have Jameis Winston there and then to have this new one here, Dwayne Haskins, and it's just going to be similar, unfortunately, to the Ryan Fitzmagic and Jameis Winston of Mm -hmm. maybe this is our starter. Maybe that's our starter. We're really not sure. I think it'd be too similar. And then I'll ask you this. Oakland. Brandon threw out Oakland as his kind of dream situation for Dwayne Haskins. My only thing with Oakland is, A, they're trying to lose games. B, Derek Carr, unless you can get a trade for Derek Carr, Derek Carr's locked up for, like, I think it's like four or five years. Yeah, they have Derek Carr right now, but I do think a team would trade for him. Mm -hmm. I don't think a— I don't think there'd be a problem getting rid of Derek Carr if you wanted to. Um, You'd get somebody to trade for him. And I've said before that I think Derek Carr should be a little bit worried for his longevity there just because Oakland has and John Gruden have gone into this with this mentality of, Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. I got 10 years. Yeah, I got 10 years. I will do whatever it takes to get the perfect team. Which, by the way, best joke I heard today, Poppy on Highly Questionable was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, John Gruden makes all the moves. He's calling all the shots. Well, the first thing he should do is, you know, I deserve another 10 years, 10-year extension. There you go. I won a couple games, 10-year extension. Because now he's only got nine years. Yeah. So time's coming up pretty fast. He'd have 19 years if he gave himself a 10-year extension. You know, I I think here's your dream scenario for Mm -hmm. the Raiders. You you package a couple of those first-round picks. You get Le'Veon Bell on the team. Uh or, uh, Just don't forget, you got the Bears or Antonio first round Brown next year too. Yeah, maybe you get Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. That'd be a dream scenario, right? <laughs> then you can go ahead and draft Dwayne Haskins, and look, mm-hmm. you got a dream team. Yeah. Just <laughs> don't use the word dream team; it doesn't work out mm-hmm. for you. I will ask you this because, yeah. like, what I told Brandon because we kind of talked quarterbacks is for me there's seven teams that could go quarterback: the Giants, the Jaguars. The Broncos, the Redskins, the Dolphins. Um, I think you missed the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. You might have said you might not have said the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders and the Raiders. Those would be the seven teams. Maybe like at nineteen, the Titans. Maybe if they're thinking about what you always say, where you're not, He's just the not healthy. Biggest supporter of Marcus Mariota because he has not been healthy. Maybe then that is eight. That you're looking at. Mm-hmm. I will ask you this because this will be kind of a tease for next week. Because next week we're going to, in our mock, one of the things we will ask is should the Cardinals trade for, like trade out of trade number down. one. I'm going to flip the question this week, though, for fits. So let's say you're the Giants. Best fit that you think is the Giants for Dwayne Haskins. Yep. Do you wait at six for him? Or do you go up and take your guy at number one? Kind of do what the Bears did. I would wait. And the reason I would wait is because there's – and I know that I'm not a person who says this, but Mm -hmm. a lot of people always say next year's a better draft class for quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So I'm all right if I get to sit here and and not get my quarterback this year because I got Eli Manning. Mm -hmm. Eli Manning's good enough for one more year, and my fans aren't going to crucify me for keeping Eli Manning for one more year because Eli Manning has earned the respect of New York. Especially uh, if I can get a guy like Jonah Williams that maybe lessens that 42 sacks mm-hmm. that he took this year. For sure. So I'm okay with that. 
I don't think I would trade up. I'd be willing to sit and hope mm-hmm. that he falls down to me because I know there's quite a few teams that do potentially need quarterbacks, but it's not like there. There's really only two teams that desperately need a quarterback right now, and one of them is probably going to end up with Joe Flacco. Well, yeah, that's another thing too. Like I'll ask you what I asked um, mm-hmm. Brandon. If you're a GM, and I know this changes from team to team, but just your general thought of it. Yeah. If you're a team that needs a quarterback, would you lean more with trading up for Joe or trading up for Dwayne Haskins or saying, you know what? The price might be less if I go and get a Joe Flacco and Nick Foles. Um, I think I would go for one of the veterans. Trading up for a quarterback. That's your job right there. If mm-hmm. it doesn't work out, you're gone. So I think I would try and go for either try and trade for a Joe Flacco or just sign Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. He's going to be available this year. Well, Nick Foles, I did. I I looked at it um, because I was listening to like sports talk, and I'm like, huh? They're talking like he has another year. Apparently, there is an spot rack has it as in 2019. It's a mutual twenty million mm-hmm. base salary with the six hundred thousand signing bonus for twenty nineteen. So it looks like the Eagles will have him another year, and teams will have to trade for Nick Foles. Well, if, if it's mutual, him. then he can get out of it, right? There's a potential out, but I think it's a. I wonder if it's he can back out or if the team has to get rid of I assume that if it was, and we'd have to look at Mm -hmm. it for sure, and we're not going to do that on the podcast because it'd be boring. Uh, But I assume that a mutual would mean both have to agree to continue. So if Nick Foles says, I'm not continuing, he's gone. So right here it says, that's it. Um, Eagles must exercise option um, one week after the Super Bowl. Foles has five days after Eagles' decision to exercise. If he declines, he must pay back $2 million of his 2018 bonus. Which, if he continues to do at least decently in these playoffs, Super Bowl or not, doesn't matter, he's going to make a lot more than $2 million. That's for sure. So, But here's the thing, and this plays into it as well, and I know this is away from Dwayne Haskins, but I'll bring it up anyways. Because it goes into yeah. the conversation. Here's another point to it. The 2019 salary, that $20 million, mm-hmm. is fully guaranteed on May 18th. So what? You take that. If the Eagles say, yes, we want you. You say, yes, I want to be back. Then what a month. You wait a month and boom, it's fully guaranteed. That might be hard to walk away from if you're Nick Foles. Well, more than a month. A little over a month. It would be February From to February March. February to May? To March. Oh, I thought you said May. No, sorry. March 18th of 2019. Okay. You wait a month and it's yeah, fully guaranteed. But if you've if you've now taken this team into the playoffs two years in a row, you're really going to go back to the bench. I know 20, that $20 million. $20 million. But if you're a starting quarterback, you're probably going to make $20 million. Is he, though? And or start. is he going to take a discount? Will he have to take a discount? I doubt it. The man's a Super Bowl MVP. He's not taking a discount. Case Keenum. And he's tied for a record with Peyton Manning for most touchdowns in a game. Just to throw it into consideration is Case Keenum in his two years, $8 million this year, 18 next year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a possibility that if he signs a two-year, one of the years could be closer to that $20 million. 
Um, but it all depends on Case Keenum, what? Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Could be two Super Bowl MVPs if he's totally possible back this year. But any other final things that you think we haven't mentioned with Dwayne Haskins no, and we, fits for him? We talked about all the teams and, and all the fits. Mm-hmm. Um so I Is there a dark horse that we're not thinking of? Maybe someone no. out of the seven that are like Boom, we're going to take a quarterback that no one expected us to take a quarterback. No. I mean, there's seven teams who who we just listed that might mm-hmm. take them. It's going to be one of those seven. True. I mean, the one that Brandon brought up for next year was the Vikings, where if, Case, if Kirk Cousins doesn't work out again this next year. Sure, but Dwayne Haskins is not going to be there. So. No, I know. But, like, I mean, that's one where I even think, like— You just I, want to talk about the Vikings. I would I wouldn't push that button if I was the but I'm also a Kirk Cousins sympathizer Lover. after this year mm-hmm. um, where I think he's getting a see he just wants to talk about Kirk Cousins he's that's getting all this is too much hate mm-hmm. for a season that might not have been his entire fault um, but anything anything that you think about for this best fits for Dwayne Haskins where do you think he should go um, where he should be drafted. Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. But, Mark, let's end the podcast making our picks for the divisional round. And I will say, I mean, you did a lot better uh, wild card round than I did because I only got one right from the wild card round. Right. I'm, I'm going to give myself one and a half, though. Mm-hmm. Because, you can't do that. No, no, no. There's I no can't ties. Because I said I want to pick the Eagles. Doesn't matter. But I didn't pick the Eagles. So... I'm going to give myself one and a half just because and I And I get it. all four right. But, like, the Seahawks, mm-hmm. I didn't expect the Cowboys to win. I probably should have picked the Chargers, but I was really high on the Ravens. I fell in love with them. Um, and then I almost picked the Eagles to win. You I got, just fell in love with the idea of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson winning a Super Bowl yeah. as a rookie. But we're going through the divisional round games, talking about them, going to give our picks for them. And we'll start off with the Saturday, Saturday games. The first one, I know what our— our buddy Shane O'Mac is going to be uh, listening to what you're picking for this one because oh, the 10 and 6 Colts are coming into Kansas City to play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are five and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. Who gets the win in Arrowhead? You said it wrong. It's the Kansas City one and done Chiefs because <laughs> I'm picking Andrew Luck and the Colts. This team is just looking too damn good. But to be one and done, they'd have to win. No, one game and done. Well, yeah. that's what one and done is. No, one and done is you win and then you lose. No, one and done. The Bears are one and done. One game and you're done. Okay, I'm going to look it up. But go ahead. I, you're picking Ricky, the Colts. My team is one and done. I know what <laughs> fucking one and done means. This guy. But anyways, I'm picking the Colts. And a lot of it's really Frank Reich, Andrew Luck have been going uh, and just turning it on. This team is so hot. And I know that the Chiefs are like almost a perfect offense. There, there's nothing to dislike about the Chiefs. But there's a certain Andy Reid that likes to fall apart when it comes to the uh, end of a season or the playoffs. And I think that's going to matter. Andrew Luck is back. This team actually has a run game. Andrew Luck can't be sacked ever because this offensive line is so damn amazing. Uh, I wish they had a little bit better of a defense. That's going to struggle a little bit. But mm-hmm. if anybody can compete with... Patrick Mahomes in a shootout. I'm going to put some money on Andrew Luck. The guy can do whatever he wants. Um, This will be my riskiest pick of this round, but I'm going to have to go with Andrew Luck and the Colts. Yeah, 
it was a terrible thing to uh, look up on the internet because everything is going to mm-hmm. the draft rule where it's one and done. Uh, you play a year and then you're yeah. done. I always thought one and done was you because like college basketball. Oh, if you're one and done, no, because you that, win the first round, you get why, knocked out. Because the then it's not an insult. One and done's an insult. Your team got in one game and you lost. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like the in insult. college, one and yeah. done is not an insult. It's you win one and then you lost yeah. one. No, football's um, an insult. But I'm going with the Chiefs, and I would love to. This is one that's going to be like the Eagles for me, where I would love to pick the Colts. You're going to say gonna, it every time, so you can give yourself half points. I'm going to pick the Mr. Chiefs. Skip in this Bayless one. over here. I thought the Chiefs. Like I thought this would be the matchup going in. Like mm-hmm. the Colts were the only team I got right. I thought the Chiefs would win this matchup when they do go up against each other. It'll be a close one. I'm going to say like 27-24 um, will be the game, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs to get the win at home, although I shouldn't because every time like Andrew Luck is going to throw it, it's going to tip off the defensive lineman's hand. He's going to catch it and run it with his caveman voice into the yeah. end zone just like Mariota did. But I want the Chiefs to get the win over the Colts. Then the NFC game on Saturday, we got the Cowboys, we got the Rams. Rams are a seven-point favorite at home. Do the Cowboys have enough to beat the Rams and get to the NFC championship game? I'm honestly tempted to one-and-done another team in this Mm -hmm. one and and say uh, no to the Rams, just because they did it last year. Um, And instead you'll one-and-done the Cowboys. Because they won one, and then they're done. No, that's a two-and-done, <laughs> which is not a thing. Ricky, you're ruining this whole podcast. Uh, no, it. I'm going to have to go with the Rams, though. I mean, I, I harped on the on the Cowboys, and they came to impress against the Seahawks. I give mm. them credit for that. They, they looked a lot better than I thought they would. Uh, the Rams, even a slightly hobbled Rams at home, they're just going to be a little bit more than I think the Cowboys can handle. And... You know, the Cowboys, Amari Cooper, that Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, they've got everything they need. They've mm-hmm. got the good offensive line still, not as amazing as it has been in the past. But the Rams, are they just got too much. Zeke is going to be the crucial part. If Zeke can have a big game and break this Rams defense, they will get the win. But the big thing that I don't like about the Cowboys is against the Seahawks, if you looked at the box score, Passing yards, rushing yards, total yards, time of possession. Like the Cowboys looked on the stat sheet like mm-hmm. they dominated the Seahawks, only won by two points. Yeah. The Rams are a better team than the Seahawks. The Rams are at home. The Rams should get the win against the Cowboys. And you can call me a Cowboy hater, but I just think that the Rams are going to be well rested. Yeah. They got to buy, they're going to be at home. This will be an easier game for the Rams. I expect this defense to come up and play and stop Dak Prescott, and the Rams will get the win. I'll say like 20, uh, no, not that. I'll say like 35 to 17, where it's not going to be close, and the Rams are just going to run away with this one. Then our Sunday games, I think these are the the two most interesting games this week. I don't know. This is a, just a great divisional matchup. I think they're all fun. The first one, they're all fun, but Sundays, if I had to pick two of them, these are the games that I am mm-hmm. looking forward and to. And 
This is coming at mm-hmm. you, Ricky, because your birthday is mm-hmm. coming up. People, stop having babies that get born in January. Why? I want to watch football. <laughs> and you always have these damn parties that I got to go to, and then I got to do that instead of watching football. I mean, with me, I like if I have a baby in mm-hmm. January, Mark, I don't care if you like it. Won't, we won't even have a party I have for them. multiple cousins in my life that all have January birthdays, <laughs> and then we it's always the divisional round. Mm-hmm. It's always the divisional See, round. I was always smart. You know what I always did for my birthday? Had the, everybody come over and watch football? No, I would wait for the Super Bowl and just have a Super Bowl party oh, for my go. birthday because I would wait the mm. what, less than a month, like three weeks yeah. that it was, and say, well, at the time the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl, so it was like wait the two weeks, and then boom, I'll have a Super Bowl party, there have everyone, everyone over for the Super Bowl, anyways. But Chargers Patriots, do the Patriots get the win, and are the Chargers going to choke this one away? Because they almost did that against the Ravens, and the Patriots, mm-hmm. I believe, are a better team than the Ravens, right? Like this should Offensively, be one, yeah. This is one where the Chargers, like, should you be worried as a Chargers fan because of what you saw last well, week? You should be worried because you're against the Patriots because it's the Patriots. Yeah, but yeah. you almost choked against Lamar Jackson, and now you got to go against total, Tom Brady. I think a little bit of that was just the Chargers, like, all right, we won. Whatever, yeah, and then but, all of a sudden he starts playing and They're like, "Huh?" But if you did that, wait a minute. If you did that against the Ravens, you can't do that against Tom Brady. But you might not be you in can't. that situation. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they would be in that situation. I'm gonna pick the Patriots on this one, um, even though I I really want the Chargers to win it because mm-hmm. you know uh, from this podcast anybody who's been listening to it for a long you time, Chargers Chiefs. I I love the Chargers to go on. I really do. Um, just, it's one of those times we're in Foxborough, and I am scared a little bit. Front, if if it ended three quarters, mm-hmm. you know, when the Ravens' offense had negative two passing yards, <laughs> if it ended there, Chargers are winning the Super the Bowl. The funniest thing about that game because you mm-hmm. texted like the people booing Lamar Jackson, yeah, how those boos magically turned into cheers after he got two touchdowns, right? Uh, but I just thought it was so like. Because the, the whole thing was with the Joe Flacco thing. It's like, you guys are losing God. this game no matter what. Just, I can't stand that. Like Just oh put him in there? God, Why no. Not? The whole thing of, like, <laughs> it is not Joe, Joe Flacco is done. It is the Lamar Jackson show. Mm-hmm. It is Lamar Jackson's time. I agree with what that. Does, what does it help putting Joe well, Flacco in? If, if my whole argument was if he ends this game with negative passing yards and being booed by the fans, that is the last that's the end of his season. All he's going to think about in the offseason is how much everybody mm-hmm. hates him because John Harbaugh but obviously had two— I, I know, didn't know, but this was my argument yeah. at the time. That's why I texted it. Mm-hmm. My argument was because John Harbaugh was uh, was too damn stubborn to make a switch because of the franchise. Well, you were potentially ruining the franchise. Look at mm-hmm. every quarterback for Cleveland who gets their entire career ruined because See, of the situations they're in. And the only thing I would come at that with and mm-hmm. di- like disagree with it is even though he had a gr- a good fourth quarter and brought them back into the game, I loved Lamar Jackson. Like if what Lamar Jackson said, if Kirk Cousins said that after the Bears game, I don't think Viking fans are bringing their pitchforks out for Kirk Cousins. Where basically Lamar said, it's on me. I have to play better. If I don't play better, 
we're not going to win games. We're not going to be in this mm-hmm. situation. We would be moving on if I played better. Cody Parkey said basically the same thing, and people still hate him. Yeah, but he he I'm missed saying. eleven kicks this season. Like, and plus, I, Bear, and plus, mm-hmm. Bear fans like hated Chicago, him before that. Well, Chicago fans mm-hmm. were a weird breed because I get it with like the Cubs and stuff. We're a weird breed where it's like once we bring out the pitchforks, it's like they're out. We are you don't put them back. We are all for like we have a weird rationality where our team could be the non-favorite. We're gonna win this series, and then we don't win the series, and it's like oh, <laughs> frick. And then we blame someone. Like the thing that pissed me off is Cody Parkey. Is he the next uh, Steve Bartman? No, completely different situations. Very folks. different situation. Very different, but. I'm going to pick the Patriots to win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 28 to 14 is what I'm going to pick. Might be a little bit low for the Chargers scoring, but I mean, this Patriot team hasn't lost at home. Um, the Chargers almost choked away a game against Lamar Jackson. Um, Tom Brady should be able to do enough to get the win and play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And then the last one mm-hmm. before we talk Eagles Saints. I teased it at the beginning. I have to ask you. I know it's not going to be as staunch of a uh, reaction because you've had some got some time to cool off. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on the Cody Parkey miss and the Eagles beating the Bears in the wild card round? I honestly was okay that same night. Um, this is what happened. I, I'm there watching it. I see it hit the upright. Uh, and of course, everybody in the world knew that the Bears were going to lose as soon as Cody Parkey went out there. And you but thought it was going to go. You thought it went I, in. I saw it, it hit the upright and then hit the crossbar, and I'm like, it bounced in. Mm-hmm. He actually did it, like the, hitting the upright. Because honestly, let's be real, that would have been the story of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. The man hits the upright five times this season. Time number six, it hits it and then goes in. Like that would have been magical. Um, but no, I mean, I feel I feel bad for the guy because he's got the yips. There's no clearer example of the yips than Cody Parkey because you cannot possibly hit the upright six times in a mm-hmm. season, and the last time you also hit the crossbar. Didn't like four of them come in one game against the Lions? Yep. Yeah, and they still won that game. <laughs> I remember texting. That was the te- that yeah, was I the texted Thanksgiving game. Right? Uh, no, that was that was the other one. The whole one game? before it. Uh, the one where Mitch played. Okay. Um, but I remember texting because the Lions guys in that group chat, mm-hmm. and I'm like, the Bears better, like, they have to lose this game. You don't hit the upright four times and win. It's not allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did it. But anyways, you know, this is the thing. Even though I said and before week one that the Bears would make the playoffs, mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to be 12-4. and four. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to be the third best defense in the league. I didn't expect yeah. them to be so dominant. You didn't um, expect Khalil Mack to basically change the Bears. I didn't expect to have a six-touchdown game out of Mitchell Trubisky and see all the flashes I need to be convinced that, yes, mm-hmm. he's not there yet, but he's going to get there. Um, you know, I, I saw so many great things happen that I'm happy to where when I look at this team and Cody Parkey misses it, sure, that sucked. But he did make three of them, mm-hmm. three out of the four. just happens the last one was in terrible fashion. I'm thrilled that I got to see Mitch Trubisky drive it down. And you said, I think it was you who said, like, this is where goats are made at the end. Oh, or, it, it, before the last drive. Yeah. And I was saying that because you always call Mitch the goat. Yeah, and he did it. He <laughs> did everything he needed to do. He put his team there. I thought he. I thought the kick was going to get made. And, and then, I was like, shit, he's going to be. Mark's not going to shut up right? about how Mitch he, is the goat. And I don't even care that Cody missed in this case because Mitch, Mitch did, did everything he to. needed to do. And that's fine for me. Because, honestly, the Bears weren't going to beat the Saints if they had to. 
Oh, it wasn't well, going to happen. You would, here's mm-hmm. the thing. Cowboys would have went to the Saints. Maybe the Cowboys could have up. Cowboys aren't going to beat the Saints either. Uh, but <laughs> Mark's like, we don't even think they're going to beat the Rams. How do they beat the Saints? Right. So that looked great. I, I loved it. Uh, <sighs> unfortunately, you know, Nagy is a first year coach. And maybe mm-hmm. if he managed the clock a tiny bit differently right before, well, maybe from, Mitch has a little bit more he time. Came, he came from Kansas City. He you did. don't expect him to do that. He did. And I don't blame him because I would have probably. They don't know what clocks are in Kansas City. Right. Because I would have probably done the same thing of I want to have at least one timeout to stop it for the kickoff mm-hmm. or for the, for the field goal. Um, so I don't blame it on that. What I am unfortunate to see is some really dumb defensive penalties. On that last drive for the Eagles to score the touchdown, and when how did they score the touchdown against ten men? Mm-hmm. Ten men, a few plays after a too many men on the field penalty for the mm-hmm. Bears. It just came down to at the end, the Bears just got a little over their heads, and it just got past them. You know what it reminded me of, mm-hmm. and this is the last thing I'll say before we get into Eagle Saints, which is going to be an easy pick. It reminded me, I know exactly mm-hmm. how Bears fans felt after that game. Because you know what game started playing back in my head? Mm-hmm. Seahawks-Vikings. Same situation. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater on that last drive did everything he needed to in that defensive game to put Blair Walsh in the situation to kick that field goal, and he missed it wide left. I believe yeah. it was wide left. Yep. The only things i got to say about Cody Parkey is... It he won't sucks. be back next year. You know what? I actually disagree on that to an extent. Mm-hmm. You're paying him anyways. Bring him back to training camp. And then just cut him in training camp? Let him at least try it. Let him at least see. And you know what? And I understand people saying he did well in training camp this year. He did well in the preseason. Sure. But you're paying him anyways. True. He's, wow. You guys got him locked. Like, yeah, there's a potential out after next mm-hmm. year. But you have him locked up until 2022 is when he becomes a free agent. Because look at fucking uh, Connor Barth and look at Roberto Aguayo. The Bears are like, no, 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 no. We're getting this kicker thing figured out. Mm -hmm. And then they did it. So, and the the big thing I say with that is, too, people get so mad of like, oh, we all knew he was bad. Yes. Yes, we did. But what was the alternative? (laughs) No, it's not even he was our guy. It was what was the alternative? Mm Mm-hmm. Who were you going to pick up off the street mm-hmm. that was going to do better? But this year, you could get Robbie Gold. You can get Robbie Gold, Mark. And you know what? He lives in Chicago. Mm-hmm. They are Bears fans. He could potentially <laughs> come back. And I still will stand by the fact cutting Robbie Gold when we did was the right decision. Mm-hmm. It just happens that he improved what he needed to improve mm-hmm. and went to somewhere else where he was good. Well, Life is great. Now we'll make the, Bears. The, uh, the pick that we have to make is... Eagles and Saints, mm-hmm. this to me is an interesting game because the Saints, the Super Bowl favorite that everyone is kind of picking, and then on the other side, Big Dick Nick. That's right. Who are you going with? Uh, you know, if this, if the Bears-Eagles game didn't have that last Bears drive, mm-hmm. I'd be so tempted to pick the upset. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason was that Eagles defense was doing amazing. There was zero separation. There's a reason why Mitch Trubisky checked down so much throughout this game mm-hmm. because they couldn't do anything. Yeah. The run game wasn't successful. Their Eagles, That Eagles defense was looking great. That last drive happens, and I don't know if it's Mitch just doing it himself at the line or if it's Matt Nagy scheming around a corner that's been giving Mitch trouble all game, but they had no problem 
scheming around him, tricking him, fooling him, and getting Allen Robinson open multiple times. That last drive makes me say, okay, yeah, the Saints are going to win. Because Drew Brees is going to be able to do the same thing. Sean Payton is going to be able to do the same thing. I know that defense is good. They're going to keep it close. This will be a closer game than a lot of people expect. But the Saints are still going to be able to pull it out because the Saints know how to beat any defense that's out there. So here's what I'm going to say. You ready for this one? Sure. The score of the game mm-hmm. is going to be 29-24. to 24. Okay. This is how it's going to end. It's going to be a really close game. The Eagles' mm-hmm. defense is going to have the number of Drew Brees. Where Drew Brees is going to be good. It's not like Drew Brees is bad. But they're not going to be able to put up as much points as you want. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara are going to be held in check. It's going to be the wide mm-hmm. receivers that are getting it done for the Saints. Big Dick Nick is going to do just enough to keep his team in the game. Alshon Jeffrey is going to go up catching balls like there's no tomorrow. And then what's going to happen? Last play of the game. Nick Foles. He's at the line. Hut, hut, hut. He calls it, throws it up to Alshon in the end zone. Alshon with two hands goes up over two corners, brings it down. And with triple zeros on the clock. The Saints lose 29 to 24. The Eagles then move on and will be going to LA to play the Rams in the NFC wildcard round. I was originally going to come into this podcast picking the Saints. The reason I cannot pick the Saints in this game is I doubted the Eagles all of last year. They proved me wrong. I doubted the if the Bears would have won. Mm-hmm. I'd be picking the Saints all the way. That's why I was doing it in our predictions, because I had the Bears beating the Eagles. I have doubted the Eagles too much. I have doubted Big Dick Nick too much last year and this year. I can't do it. It's the Alabama rule. Until mm-hmm. they lose, I cannot pick against Nick Foles. Alabama lost this Eagles. year, though. That's the wrong exactly. time to make that now example. I can't, well, I mean, but that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't pick against them until they lost— they lost in the last pick of the season. Every other time, I couldn't pick against them because they haven't lost to that point. Now, next year's a new new thing. I'm yeah. like, oh, maybe I pick against them. I just feel them. like saying that you got to pick the Eagles because you shouldn't pick against it's them. Like, it's not the right time to I'll do it when this. they just lost. It's like the Patriots. Usually, you don't pick against mm-hmm. the Patriots. Unless it's the Eagles. Unless it's the Eagles. Or the Giants. <laughs> or the Giants. In, in, unless it's an <laughs> NFC You know what? I team. bet if the Redskins were um, in the Super Bowl, they'd beat them too. <laughs> or the Cowboys. Yeah. But I am going with the Eagles to get the upset. And my AFC championship is going to be Chiefs-Patriots. And then we'll have Eagles-Rams in the next round. The big thing that everyone's going to say is this should have been the NFC championship game last year. The Eagles are going to show that they are for real. And they are going to win this game you want to know why I picked 29 to 24, by the way? Hmm. If you're a Saints fan, you'll get it. That was the score of the uh, Viking Saints game last year. Oh, there um, you go. So that's another dig for Saints fans. But thank you guys for listening and watching the podcast. Make sure to check us out on patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast to help support the channel. We can't do what we do without the help and support of our patrons. Make sure to check out mostvalopodcast.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And last but not least, make sure to rate and review the Onside Kick on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. For Mark Weber, I'm Ricky Widmer. 
Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.